Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Trials and triumphs. Who's mm-hmm. excited? Who wants to go first? Taryn, you already told me that you had some really big doozies. Yeah, guys, hit this week. My fun triumph for the week is they finally graded... At my house, they finally graded all the dirt back around the um, basement walls, which is super exciting. Very Um, exciting. It looks like a real surface Mm -hmm. now. Right. I can see like, yeah, we can kind of see what our yard looks like now. The trees are gone. I know the mountains of dirt are gone. So super cool. That part's very cool. But my trial... Is that I came home Friday night with both boys in my arms and I opened the back door and Baylor has like pooped everywhere, which obviously he's old and I've told y'all that. And so I'm like, cool, cool, Baylor. But then I kind of figured out why, because as soon as I came down and put down my purse and like both kids, I, a bat is flying around my house. Oh no, 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 no. Yes, like a bat. A, a bat. Oh my like god! Like Halloween bat, like has wings. Rodent. Yeah, David's not here too, so I'm like, out the door, out the door, out the door. Yeah, and so I get. Yeah, I like grab my purse and keys, like back, like y- you know, I'm yelling at the three year old who's like, why, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're like, no, get out the door. And then I'm trying to get Baylor's leash without like you know doing a sprint into the house, you know, and like hoping it doesn't attack me. Obviously, I'm making it more dramatic. It was just, you know, you like, it flies at you and you're like, oh, so then I'm like Googling outside, like, what do you do? And then David got here. And so the why the story ended so like, blah, is too, David came in and like with a, his idea was tennis racket and bucket. (laughs) What? That was his. Hey, the tennis racket is always good. The tennis racket made sense. I just was like, I don't know if you, how good you are that you're going to get it into the bucket, but okay. Um, and I was like, That's I read. That's his problem. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I read, it's on. turn off the lights inside because we just had a few lights on inside. I was like, turn off the lights and open the doors. So we opened the front door and then he like was walking around because he did see it, but then he lost it in the sense of like, he could not find it and he had opened the front door, but he didn't see it leave. So then I'm like, I'm not coming back in. So he's like circling inside. Like, I don't know. I can't find it. And I'm like, I'm not again, bringing the dog and the two kids in. And then this thing like come back out, like surprise. (laughs) So I like gave it some extra time. And we have a little door on the hallway to the bedrooms in this little ranch we're in right now, our rental ranch. And so that door was shut. And I was like, all right, Go back there and check. But then, like, after you're done checking back there, just to double check, I'm going to run in the house and I'm just going to, like, stay in the back of the house for the rest of the night. And so that's what I did. (laughs) And it never reappeared. So, wait. But how did that... So, was it... What what is what is the deal with Baylor pooping though? Like, did he I poop it, because he was scared? I think that's what I think. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. That, and he's old, so there's like two. So maybe he was just lightly scared and it came out like ah, or, or he was being attacked by a bat. I don't know. He generally seemed fine. He seemed happy. So it could have just once been, you got home, he was yeah, okay. It, or maybe that's just two trials back to back, just smeared together, just to make things just more complicated, you know? Because then David's like trying to go around the landmines while trying to find a bat. So it was just a whole, I was watching from the window outside being like, that oh doesn't look. So, no, that's um, never good. Yeah. So, so how do you think the bat got in? Well, we, because it's a rental, there's a rental agency and so we went through them, called them to say like, hey, bring someone out. 
So we had the guy come out yesterday, that guy, which I feel like. <laughs> Batman. Exactly. That was, his name was Justin. He was like, I'm Justin. I was like, you should definitely go by Batman. Like, uh, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I know it's trademarked, but like, you should call yourself Justin the Batman or something. So he came out and he literally looked at the one gable that goes to our attic space at this house. There's only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like vented gable and he literally like takes his light laser and he's like oh yeah there's like mm, seven or eight see <gasps> you can see this foot movie and it they're right in the gable and then there's like a screen behind but there's a hole in the screen so that means though he had to fly through the whole i get i guess they can come through the vents from there but there is a door to the attic here and so i don't know if it came through and anyway i mean we don't ever open it but somehow homeboy came in, but but he can't. So the end of my trial is he couldn't just do the work then. He has to have the rental because the house isn't in our name. Mm-hmm, so he can't right. like just do it. So he has right. to go through the rental company, have them sign the contract, find time to come back out. So TBD, guys, I could have more bats in my oh future. My so far, well, we've only had the one that was flying around our house. But every evening I get nervous now because I know at daytime they're dormant. Someone please don't correct yeah. me if I'm wrong because I just yeah just tell yourself that that's how I'm mental yeah as I'm sitting alone although in my I house. think I would be less scared during the day yeah like and it's I mean, creepier at night it definitely is like a bird in the sense of like it flies at you and you just see wings because at first I you know like I was like oh my god it's a bird in the house. oh no that's not a bird oh god yeah like as it hit a door and I was like geez that's a bat do you have any sort of superstition or feel like it's a bad sign. No. I know that that's not the thing. It's black mm-hmm. cats, no. not black bats, but you know. Oh, no. For it me, I'm, me a, I'm more like, hmm, is this like, almost don't they have rabies? Oh, I do. Yes. That is why you See, run from them. They can have rabies, right? Send them over to my house because I actually want <laughs> to get a bat house for my backyard because they'll eat the mosquitoes. Yeah. So that is true. They are, so Justin, Batman, told me they were a protected species. So he has to collect them in a bat net oh. and re-release. Them. I don't even, I didn't ask where he's re-releasing them, but. That is he, a big thing. Okay. Yeah. So you're just going to be like, take him yeah. over to yeah. Liz's house. She's got a little I, bat yeah. condo. Yeah, okay. I'm going to send them to your back condo. And you can, like, I mean, they're not doing their job around the outside of my house if that's what they do. No, you it's, don't want them in. You don't want them in. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing against bats in general because, like you said, they do kill mosquitoes, but I just don't want them in my home. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, I mean, no. Kind of like spiders, you know, any sort of critter. Mm -hmm. I'm really ticking off my list. I've had rats now. I've had bats. Did I ever tell you guys the story about when I had a skunk in my house? What? No. (laughs) (laughs) But please continue into your story. Okay. No, this one was good because we were living in Los Angeles at the time in a little guest house and we had a whole yard. It was really this magical place. But at the time, I was like eight months pregnant. Hot summer night. No. And the bat comes in my house right now. I'll die. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. So I was like, we need ice cream right now. So we leave the house and my husband didn't close the door. Like we lived in the super private, super private, private area down a private drive on top of a hill. Nobody could find us anyway. But he left the front door open. So we came back and I looked and there was a Like not just unlocked, but a jar. A jar. A jar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah. Nice. Because, yeah. So I walk in the door and there was a skunk eating the cat food. No. Yes. 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 Where and, was the cat? <laughs> oh, hightailed it out. Like, yeah. No, they had a cat door. They went, they okay, were out. Okay. They it were wasn't gone. like Baylor, who's just like no. running around pooping everywhere. No, they were like, <laughs> he's out. So, uh. so then my husband's like, well, you know, it's a hot summer night. We can just camp. I'm like, dude, I'm eight what? months pregnant. Seriously. I'm like, so he wanted get, to just leave the skunk in the he, house for the day. That he's sounds like, like a David like, sort of answer, though. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. We just have a, house, like, a skunk in the house now. <laughs> he's like, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll leave eventually. It's not going to, it's not moving in. It doesn't have a suitcase. Sure? What? Right, seriously. So, you had cat food. It was like, I live here now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then that wasn't working. I couldn't get comfortable. This is ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, fine. I went in the car. I'm trying to get comfortable anywhere outside because it was just like I couldn't go in. There was a skunk and I didn't want skunk in my house. Yeah. Right. That's you don't just want to just so leave terrible. a wild. Yeah. Right. Did you not you have a want, tennis You don't racket? want it to like go. 
you know, right? You don't want it to like explode and like leave skunks all over. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So finally, like after like half an hour, I'm like, I can't take this anymore. I can't get comfortable. Like this is awful. And I just got like at your wits end, pregnant, mad, and just walked straight into the house, grabbed all the cat food and walked away and took it outside and put it outside the front door. So skunks can smell, but they have really terrible vision. So like the skunk just kind of waddles out my front door and is like, oh, there's the food. Okay. It took a couple more bites and that was just like, oh, look at that. I'm outside. And it waddled away. I was so mad at my husband for not taking action. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, okay, it was just like, do something. Like David. Something. I could, yeah. Something. Yeah. Something. Anything. Anything. It was like David with the flickering lights. Yeah. yeah. We just have flickering lights now. He's never living that one down. <laughs> never. God. Yeah. He probably would have been like, we just have bats now, yeah. Taryn. It's, yeah. it's Halloween early. You love Halloween. Here you oh. go. That's a great story, Liz. Oh, my gosh. That we've, is. Yeah. We've, I love that had... he's just like, it's fine. He'll, he'll like, leave eventually. You know what? We're just going to camp tonight. It's going to no. be great. No. No. Oh, so, you went for it, no. too, Liz. You're like, oh, fine. And then you got fed up, which is even more impressive. Yeah. I don't know about y'all or some of our listeners during pregnancy, but I have a very elaborate, like, series of pillows oh, to yeah. keep me yeah. comfortable. So the fact that you were trying to get comfortable in the car, I just find hilarious. It's like, no, no oh. way. Yeah, no, and it's <laughs> like, not like it's like... Valiant a, effort, but no. Yeah, no, and it's like a Honda Fit. So, you yeah. know, oh my it's gosh. not like... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you no, literally have It's not an expedition. I'm your not putting rents. seats down yeah. in a bag. Yeah. No, no, no. We oh did fit an eight-foot Christmas tree in that car once, but, you know, it's not so comfortable to sleep in. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, my oh my gosh. gosh. Well, that w- I think that should be your trial. That was a great... Unless yeah, no, that was a great one. Yeah. You have to give us your triumph, though. Yeah, okay, so what? So what's your triumph? <laughs> Since that's your trial. <laughs> I'm still married. I mean... <laughs> that's a... Triumph. That's true. That yeah, is a triumph. No. <laughs> Caroline, you want to go? Our daughter's almost three. She's three this month, and I would say that, in general... <laughs> It's hard. <laughs> Three is no. so hard. Three is so hard. But okay, so what I was going to say is I would say that in general, she's very good about like we don't have a kid proof house. You know what I mean? Like I have breakable things around. She's gentle with them or doesn't touch them. Honestly, I think it's really more she's just like they're always right. there. So she's not interested. But I wouldn't say I go like overboard to kid proof the house. But I also right. have made an effort to like do a lot of stuff that's going to stand up to children. You know, I have mm-hmm. my like all wipeable, everything's performance fabric, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Right. So there were just two incidents this week that I was like, hey. oh, okay. Yeah. So I just have, and then there were like small things, but have y'all had something break where you're just like, mm, I want to yeah. cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want to cry. But I have this little tray it's not anything like super fancy but it was a tray we got for our wedding anniversary and i put keep it right next to our stovetop to hold like oils and the salt cellar and all that stuff i love it just because it's the perfect size i'll like put little cheeses on it when we have friend over or whatever but every day that's kind of where it lives well so Blair's really great about helping me in the kitchen and I'm always trying to encourage her to like help me stir or she helps me like toss veggies in olive oil, that kind of thing. Shout out to if any of y'all have read this book that I'm a parenting book that I'm obsessed with called Hunt, Gather, Parent. And they talk a lot about this. Anyways, if anyone has a question about it you sh- or has a wants to read a p- new parenting book, it's a good one that I really Liz, enjoy. how old's your daughter? <laughs> She's in high school. No, (laughs) this is like, no. (laughs) But anyways, so I'm always trying to encourage her in the kitchen. She Mm -hmm. just was like putting the olive Mm -hmm. oil back in the little thing and just like jammed it down on my little tray, Mm -hmm. cracked in half, which I now realize that you can no longer buy this tray anymore. It's discontinued. So that was that was number one. Then literally the next day, she's like she's in that phase where they like can't sit still during a meal. So she's like up and down and kind of trying to keep her in her chair but she was sort of like hanging on one of my Louis chairs and if you've listened to the podcast for a while you know that back when we were moving into our house I sort of had this like elaborate plan to kid proof our dining area and I wanted it to look really beautiful and be like nice enough looking to be a formal dining room 
or kind of have that vibe, dress it up, but then be super durable. So I have like a quartz table. And then my chairs are some Louis chairs that I had upholstered in the front with a like basically contract grade faux leather. They're like totally wipeable. They've held up fantastically. Like they look brand new. I wipe them down with just like all purpose spray or whatever, whenever they get dirty. Mm-hmm. But I did not count on. <laughs> she was like hanging on these louis chairs and i guess was sort of like grabbed onto the back and her little fingers got in the behind the piping the cording around the Uh back of the louis chair you know the louis has that round back and there's like piping around it and she just ripped all that piping right off so and i don't know if y'all know this this is this is a normal way that piping is applied to furniture but it is often applied with hot glue Mm -hmm. that is normal like when i worked in an upholstery shop that's totally the thing so it just pulled it pulled that piping right off the hot glue oh god i wanted to cry but here and so here's my triumph my triumph (laughs) i'm always glad when the triumph comes after (laughs) so yes (laughs) so anyway it was just one of those things where i was like oh god i looked at will and i'm like i you know i planned for stains Mm -hmm. i planned for sticky fingers did not think about like destruction yeah Yeah, the yeah i don't know like actually pulling it apart anyways but yeah went to home depot got some gorilla glue i've glued both my tray and my louis chair back together so (laughs) just a reminder that (laughs) you can have nice things but they might break yes right you repurpose them like when Mm -hmm. my mom's waterford crystal got slammed onto the dining room table by my brother and broke the base off of it she turned it into a bell (laughs) <laughs> she did she did she was <laughs> after right after after she cried i can never lemonade have nice yeah. yeah lemonade right yeah. there mm. it's just i mean again i have to i have to give her credit because like there's a lot of stuff that could have been broken by now that is not broken yeah you've been she's overall time. really good mm-hmm. but i just was like oh god two like back to back days too i was like yeah. oh, oh. But anyway, they're they're all glued back together now. I probably won't use that tray very often. But, I was say, the tray might but, need a new place. Yeah, but, I think yeah. it's just going to come out for special occasions. Yeah, especially well, if as long as no one eats. I don't think Gorilla Glue is a. Uh, it's food not safe. food safe. <laughs> uh, no, pretty sure. Not food safe. Liz says no. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but so that was just my my little moment of pretty good guys. These are some good stories today. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyways, off to our guest. Yes. Okay, so I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show today's guest, Erin Gates. Way back in 2017, she joined us in our Boston store to record an episode, but it's been a while, so we're thrilled to have you back. And if you don't know, she has her own design firm, Erin Gates Design, a hugely popular blog, Elements of Style, two best-selling books, a slew of product collections, two kids, and a new old house she's currently renovating. So she's very busy. And, yeah, and she's a little lazy. You have a lot going on. Yeah, I like to lie down a lot, <laughs> eat bonbons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Well, okay, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I've probably been reading your blog since 2009 or 2010 or something. And so, and I know many people probably know your story and are familiar with your work, but in case... They've been, some of our listening, some of our listeners have been living under a rock or new to design. <laughs> Maybe you could give everybody just kind of a quick little quick and dirty like intro to how you started your business and your hugely popular blog. Yeah, sure. So let's see. How far back are we going here? <laughs> as far back as you well, want. Yeah. Just the background. I was raised in a in a relatively creative environment my great-grandparents had a women's clothing department store in Connecticut my dad worked there and ran it and my mom worked there as a sales girl and you know (laughs) the magic happened Um, but my dad also he became a self-taught 
architectural designer on the side. So wearing many hats, obviously, is in my genes. Um, (laughs) So on the side from books, he taught himself how to design houses. And so I grew up going between this fashion part of my life and then architecture. So he grew his firm and the store closed and he went full time into design. And I grew up like working at his office with he had an in-house interior designer, working with her, organizing their library. So that was my like winter break job. And I decided, no, I really like fashion. So I tried the fashion thing for a little bit. Wasn't made of the right stuff, i.e. like (laughs) cried every day after work in New York City. So then I held, you know, went to college, majored in studio art, which I kind of apply now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> had a really great internship with actually a Boston designer, Joseph Abood. This was back when I was still into fashion. And that was my semester abroad, which is hysterical, was living in New York City and working for a fashion designer. It was just like the coolest experience. And that kind of like drove me into the creative I'd have no formal training in interior design other than a few classes I audited after college. I worked for a designer here in Boston for a while and kind of became disenchanted in the design world a little bit. So then I did a couple other things, worked at an art gallery, did some event planning, and then decided to go out on my own with my husband's insistence that I try it for fear that I would regret not trying which was the best thing I ever did. So I started... Did you start... Did your blog at this point? That's when I started my blog in 2007 while still working this event planning job for a private school. And that just grew. I mean, it grew over the years. I mean, that was early blogging days. That was like right when like apartment therapy started and Design Sponge and like Mm -hmm. those old school peeps and um (laughs) you know it took a long time to get a following there was no instagram there was social media wasn't a thing so -hmm. it took years and years of writing for literally no one but my mom and andrew (laughs) my husband before i got a following and then those people started asking me to help them with their houses that continued to grow i began to write a little bit more on the blog and someone who followed me was a literary agent and asked me if I ever thought about writing a book. And I promptly laughed in her face and was like, you've got to be kidding me. No, of course I haven't considered that. <laughs> Lo and behold, New York yeah. Times bestseller. So, yeah. you know, That's awesome. um, so yeah, the blog is still going. It's a little bit less. I mean, it's still a big part of my life, but it's blogging is like kind of like kind of like dial up modem now you know like it takes too long <laughs> mm-hmm. so people want everything quick and short and fast so instagram takes over and but yes yeah, so and i have a design firm of six people and we do houses all over the country and have a line of rugs and soon to launch a line of wallpaper i have the second book i wrote and i don't know i feel like there's other a stuff busy I'm... and a busy personal <laughs> life too yeah yeah, and I had two kids and renovated a house, sold it, bought a new house recently. So yeah, it's been a wild ride, truly a very wild ride. So we're growing and figuring out what the brand is a little bit better and and trying to define what what it is I want to keep doing. Yeah, right. You go, you go any direction now. <laughs> so, so do you feel like you'll you'll always sort of have wear many hats, or or are you trying to figure out how to? You, you mentioned like yeah, defining the brand. What does that mean? What do you mean? No, it actually means probably expanding the brand a little bit. I okay. really enjoy the product side a lot. So we're in talks with a couple other companies to do licensed collections of home things so just keep you know like ultimately obviously i'd love a fabric line or i'd love a furniture line you know i do it in small i work with small brands right now to design some furniture under my name but there's always that mass market appeal of of being able to to touch everyone and that's been my brand has been this like accessible high-end looking product but you know like reasonable and it's just become my niche and for better and for worse. Like, I think it's great. It's people don't want to spend a gajillion dollars on a throw pillow. So to be able to give them what looks like a designer throw pillow for something under 50 bucks is 
is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I switch out my pillows all the time. So, yeah. you know, people yeah. don't want to commit to spending a lot of money or maybe they have kids and a dog and they don't want to spend $6,000 on a wool rug. We're coming up with really cool options that are a little bit more family friendly or just like life friendly. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be a mess. It's not just little kids. I'm yeah. more, I'm like the worst one in the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's like kids and I'm, and no, Ooh, it's the kids me. spilled yeah. the wine on the yeah, no, again. That is all oh. me. <laughs> and my husband will tell you, I spill every time I pick up a beverage of whatever kind of beverage, it ends up on me or on Mm. somewhere on furniture so (laughs) (laughs) so you really are practicing what you preach yes no my house is my lab and I love that and that like literally I've talked people out of fabrics that I've upholstered entire sectionals in because I thought it was performance turns out not so much I give everything a nice hard beating in this house especially like my own products if something doesn't live up to my expectations I don't want to put my name on it so Mm -hmm. staying true to who I am and what I believe and everything I I put out there with my name on it I want it to be something that I would absolutely use in my own home so so I would love to talk more about you kind of mentioned the topic of your second book is about family style and yes decorating despite and I guess you sort of assume kids but like if that that could mean anything any sort of yeah dogs yeah it's just like I think it's just more of like a making a lifestyle that isn't precious basically but yeah I mean like family means a lot of things it just yeah it, it doesn't necessarily mean kids yeah it is kind of like become our our kind of certainly our niche within our client base of who's homes we're actually designing day to day as a Mm -hmm. design firm we've garnered a lot of great knowledge and experience in that field and so writing about it seemed not like natural fit for the second book and Mm -hmm. what do you think your misconceptions people have about family-friendly homes that they have to be super cheap comprised of like really poorly made things that are disposable that you can't invest in anything good that you can't have wallpaper or rugs or basically you have to live in a Montessori school, which (laughs) is just not true. I mean, there is this wallpaper vinyl. I could like throw spaghetti sauce on it and wipe it right off. Looks like a million bucks. Was a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I can throw spaghetti but, the wall. But It'll last if, forever. Yeah. Like if you're going to spend, like, like you can still spend so that I think people think they have to dumb down their entire design concept yeah. when they're living with children or pets or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. no, like you need to enjoy your space just as much with kids or without. So yeah, like vinyl wallpaper may be a little bit more expensive, oddly, but it's going to last and you're not going to have to worry about it. So I think you have to create a space. I think people just really, especially with their own spaces, I find that parents always are um, the spaces we design last and they put the least amount of money into is their own like master bedroom or formal space where they like to entertain because it's not as day to day. But I know for me, like, me getting a break and feeling like relaxed and surrounded by beautiful things helps me recharge and be a better mom and a better boss and a better wife. So I think it's super important that we create these spaces that we really enjoy. And we've learned this during the pandemic, big time, that like our houses need to bring us some joy. Because mm-hmm. who knows when you're going to get locked in it again for 10 months. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. This is why we're busier than we've ever been. Because everybody <laughs> all at once and function. Yes, absolutely. Like function, huge. Like home offices, home gyms. Like people are really now starting to be like, okay, this house has to function as a school. You know, like a restaurant. Like there's so many things your house has to do for you. If it doesn't function well it creates a lot of stress and then it affects your whole life. Mm-hmm. So while no, we are not certainly not curing cancer. I think people did in the last year and a half realize how important having a space that functions and makes you feel good is like is to your quality of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, cause I, you know, sort of back to your, your comment about um, like cheap disposable furniture. I yeah. often feel like, 
it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like if you don't have a put together house or you don't spend money on your house, you won't treat it like it is valuable and therefore you won't respect it and your kids won't respect it. So then it really becomes trash. It's like if it sort of just becomes a cycle cycle. and then you're like, I really can't invest because it's ruined. Because I proved to myself that I trash stuff. Like it's like if when you buy like a really cheap t-shirt versus investing in a really nice blouse, like you're not going to be worried and like you're going to treat that t-shirt like crap. And But if you're wearing your nice blouse, you're going to be a little bit more careful. But like you can go, you can mix those two things, which is what we always do, which is like a little high, a little low, a little old and crusty, a little brand new and shiny. Like you've got to like create a space that doesn't break the bank. Of course, you have to respect your budget, but that really mixes in like for example, like a sofa that's made really well. Like you don't want it to have like saggy cushions in six months because then you're going to have to buy another one and it's going to be more expensive to do that than buy a good one from the start. I'm going to have to go back and tell our like sourcing team and be like, guess what, guys? We're we're so fast compared to You're so fast. You know, like, yeah. I mean, when you start realizing that like people are marketing now, like, oh, it's only 12 to 16 weeks to get upholstered goods, which normally is a long lead. Yeah, yeah. And now that's short. So like, it's it's a yeah. nightmare right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure for your clients, it's got to be, yeah, a nightmare. And trying to explain, you know, and it's like everyone understand, like they watch the news and they get it, but they don't get it because they're impatient and they just want it now. And then we become the bad guys, even though we're just the messengers. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're trying to educate people and say, like, this is not just like one little thing. This is a, this is a big Huge <laughs> yeah, screaming this is not, yeah. yeah, not just if it was like one yeah. hiccup in the supply chain, it'd be no. one thing. Yeah. But it's like it's every a car pile single. Up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, like, because like we were saying today, the the fabric we wanted to use on this upholstered piece had an eighteen week back order. They won't start making the sofa till they get the fabric, and then the sofa is twenty two weeks. So you add that together, it's like a year before yeah. you're going to get yeah. anything. Yeah. And. It, it, it's just you it's know so it hands. is it yeah. is going to enhance business for retailers like you guys because you can you have control of more of the process yeah but like yeah you could like pick a fabric and a frame and s- see what the window is and yeah there might mm-hmm. be a hiccup and there might be a back order and some unforeseen cargo mm-hmm. ship delay but but for the most part it's retailers are getting more of our business because they order more so they get priority. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Shipping now that you wise. have two kids, do you feel like you design differently than you did pre-kids for oh, your families? Oh my god, yes. I mean, I used to think before kids like, "Oh, I get it. You have kids. Like, we won't do anything <laughs> they can ruin or get hurt on." And then I had a kid. And that kid almost like lost an eyeball on a glass the corner of a glass and brass table and I was like, "Oh, people weren't just being like extra like careful like <laughs> this is literally the like akin to having like a guillotine in my living room so <laughs> i definitely get it much much better now especially with fabrics and and like durability stuff and seeing how kids treat <laughs> how my son uses our leather ottoman as a stage and you know <laughs> Obviously, that also calls into question my parenting, but it's it's like, you know, I don't think you're alone. No, they're going to no. do stuff yeah. like they're going right. to jump on an ottoman and because the floor is lava, obviously, right. and obviously. to get to the couch, they have to jump off the ottoman. It actually does take quite a beating. So like looking at what the frames are made of is like a big, big part of what I look into now and, and what the fabric content is or the rug content, like learning that certain fibers, while they may say performance, aren't actually super performance. I think also like I decorate a little more inclusive in family spaces to everybody, but I also treat the kids' rooms just as, I'm just as focused and, and think that process out as I would a formal dining room. Like I want everybody to feel like they have a really great space that reflects their own personality in a house. So mm-hmm. like, I don't just like brush off actually kids rooms are like the most fun, but 
like my kids' rooms probably cost more than my room. <laughs> Your kids' but, rooms are fantastic. Yeah, they're really really so pretty. I yes. I am so excited to get Emma's new big girl room done, and it's it's just so much fun. You can have so much fun, but yeah, no, I think like window treatments. You think about light blockage and cords and you know how things are going to layer and mm-hmm. and lighting like are they going to touch this light we need to use this kind of light bulb that doesn't get hot I mean there's all sorts of things that before kids Ooh. I just didn't didn't, I didn't think about the light bulbs yeah mm-hmm. like yeah that's a good one a metal shaded sconce that I had in my son's room at one point and it had an incandescent bulb in it and it got like searing hot and I almost burned my hand on it and I was like oh my God, I got to put LEDs in here. Like, yeah. And then it's fine. And, you know, so you've got to be careful. I mean, there's a lot of, there is a lot of dangerous stuff. The weight of table lamps. Can someone pull this down? It would crush their skull. And yeah, no. (laughs) Oh gosh. No, it is. We're taking a gruesome turn. Yeah. I was thinking about floor lamps and I was thinking the same thing with floor lamps. And you're like, okay, I need one that like, Say it come, falls over. What's happening? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. yeah. What's going to break? What's not going to break? Mm-hmm. What if someone's in the way? You yeah. know, how heavy is it? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Honest to God, like, <laughs> this is what I think about day in and day out. And <laughs> now. I was now. I have, a, now. Yeah. I have a marble, like an old, an antique marble, like, lamp next to our sofa. And I was thinking, like, is it better that it's heavy because it's less likely to fall over? Or is it worse that it's heavy because... If it fell on, the age on of the her, it would hurt. You know uh, what I mean? Like a yeah. <laughs> little kid, kind of like a, a tiny, up. a tiny kid wouldn't be able to pull it over. A slightly bigger kid, it's worse. So it's almost like get the heavy <laughs> stuff now, like when the kids are tiny, and then you're gonna have to go to like imagining like a football being thrown across the room and. It- <laughs> So you mentioned performance fabrics and there was one you said there's some that you won't use anymore. What like what do you think? Tell us about performance fabrics in your mind. Like what is not gonna so, what's, not, what's not up to stuff? Anything that's not indoor, outdoor and hundred percent like um acrylic or an, some variation of acrylic. I stick with like sunbrella, perennials, like the the mm-hmm. real tried and true outdoor indoor outdoor because they've gotten so good. Like yeah. they're soft, like you can't even tell and they really are the most durable like you could you could technically spray like you know counter cleaner bleach. on it and yeah, yeah. You can put and you know and there's yeah. velvets that are incredible and like amazing wovens and i mean mm-hmm. it's just like gotten so in so amazing and like when it came to doing a banquette in my last house i ended up doing the seat in a faux vinyl of a vinyl faux leather because that is truly the only indestructible fabric i've found yeah. where you really can wipe it down nothing stains it even with some of my perennial stuff it's it'll still like if the if some child sits on a chocolate chip for an hour, yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's There's literally woven threads. Yeah, so like right. getting yeah. out is still going to exactly. be very tough. Yeah, exactly. So it's like stuff that I see that's like, oh, this is performance. And I look at the content. You can't just look at and and if it says performance, don't let you can't let that fool you into thinking it's bulletproof. You've got to look at the contents. If it's still like a percentage cotton, a percentage linen, a percentage, whatever it is not, it may be sturdier and stronger than say just like hundred percent natural Belgian linen. But if it's not completely plastic, it's not not all going to be truly. Yeah. Like I don't want to hear from a client. Like you told me this was, yeah, you couldn't mark this and, yeah, a Sharpie will mark pretty much everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sharpie is permanent. It says the word permanent. Throw out all the Sharpies in your house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't. So, yeah. So you mentioned rugs too. What do you look yeah. for in rugs? Like same, material. Yeah. Same, same thing. So it's, it'll be like a polypropylene or um, there's so many names now. I don't even know. Like I know my rugs are like <laughs> pet quality. Like I don't even know what that stands for. I should. But. <laughs> Something that is, again, 100% man-made material or 100% wool. So 100% wool rug, especially a cut pile rug like I had in my last house, which everybody and their mom pinned was this cut 100% wool cheetah 
up the stairs. And it literally was the toughest rug I've ever owned. I mean, the pattern plays into it with rugs, you know, pattern and color. But like nothing got that. That rug looked brand new the day we sold our house like eight years later. So 100% wool rugs will clean much easier than say something that's like a viscous blend like that viscous stains with water. So you can't clean a stain with water on that type of rug, even though if you look, so many rugs are made with it, the water itself will stain it on top of whatever has stained it. So, Mm -hmm. and that's what they use to make rugs softer and more affordable. So you've got to look again at the contents and really like do your research on what what the words mean and what the terms mean when you're looking at a rugs. But again, indoor outdoor has come a long way. We use it all the time. We we use it wall to wall. We use it upstairs. I mean, there's just a million options. So in high traffic areas, we'll stick with that. But also like antique vintage Persian rugs, they hide a ton of stuff because the pattern's busy, the colors are muted. They're kind of already look dirty <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I use heirloom those, way. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. kitchen runners. Like you spill some chocolate milk on like a tea stained Persian rug. Like you don't see anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. So you can add that again, like adding in that patina where not everything's new. It actually, they're actually incredibly durable rugs and they're <laughs> natural. Do you feel like that's why they've become so popular recently? Because I just feel like you see those Maybe. muted ushets they're everywhere. everywhere. I, know. I mean, and they're everywhere. gorgeous. Yeah. But if they're going to hold up too, like, right. then it's a win. Exactly. It's, and exactly. that's why, like, when there are some really great new that look old ones, but like the actual old ones, even, I mean, most of the ones you'll see out there that are authentic, that aren't a bajillion dollars are like from the 70s or 80s and they go through a process to distress them. So they look much, much older and they shave them down and they do all this crazy stuff to them. So they're not that old, but they are older. And I do think they are a way to make a room family friendly, functionally, but also look a little elevated. So maybe Mm -hmm. that is playing into it. I just think Mm -hmm. it's also like we're in this moment of like traditionals back and older stuff is good or stuff that looks old or like we're 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 going back to our roots a little bit here in design i think Mm -hmm. people want to feel cozy and warm and like their house is like soft around the edges not like all angles and metal so i think we're gonna you know (laughs) keep seeing that kind of rug Mm -hmm. i love a good natural like jute and sisal and use them all the time still with the understanding that they're a, not a forever piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're usually priced that way too. So yeah, I have two elderly senile dogs that pee on everything. And so I know that my <laughs> jute rugs, which they are their favorite, are not going to be here forever. Yeah. So Yeah. But you kind of know going into it, like I'm going to replace Absolutely. it every five mm-hmm. or seven years. Yep. But they can last quite a while if they're made well. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's something to, again, just you've got to educate yourself on, on materials to make a good, smart choice. Mm-hmm. I wanted to transition to talk about offices as you spoke to, you know, you've been, everybody's at home and yeah. more people are staying home working. How has that changed in design in this past year? So we have seen a I mean, before the pandemic, no one, everyone was using home. They have home offices and all these new construction homes and no one was using them. So they turned them into playrooms. They turned them into like wrapping rooms or like Mm -hmm. random. And now they're all coming back to offices. So we've been designing a ton of home offices. And I think people are looking for really great large scale desks. A lot of times we'll use smaller dining tables as desks in rooms that are of a substantial size or like a modular kind of system with lots of hidden storage so that you're not staring at a printer when the day's done in case that room happens to be, you know, like open to another area of the house. So we're doing a lot of these like really tailored offices with a lot of concealed storage and also a lot of personality people are wallpapering them and doing cool pattern drapes and really funky office chairs. Obviously, comfort 
in an office chair is key. People don't want to sit in a stiff dining chair for eight hours a day on Zoom calls. So (laughs) a lot of people are coming out with some really great office chairs, yourselves included. And (laughs) it's been an interesting throwback to do home offices again, like formal studies, technically. Mm-hmm. Are you doing much file storage? I assume yeah. not. Oh, you are? People really? are still filing? Okay. Yeah, I know, which is not as much, not like right. tons and tons, but a couple. Every, you know, Everyone we're doing still wants some filing drawers. Somewhere to put mm-hmm. like the paperwork, whether it's... Do you think that's like household stuff? Yeah, I think or, it's a lot of... Yeah. So we're job. doing like... Yeah. Like today, I was just reviewing with one of my designers a plan for a mudroom that also happened to work. It's a big mudroom and we're doing built-ins and it worked in two desks for the kids to do homework at and like bulletin boards and filing storage. And on the other side is all the cubbies with all the sports gear and the coats and the, you know, people are making, like I said, making their houses really work for them now. Mm -hmm. And so people are squeezing in office spaces and study spaces for kids because who knows what's going to happen in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, And if kids are working from home, it's really hard to focus when you're sitting in the kitchen table and, you know, you've got a sibling that's maybe not at school or mom's busy doing something and on a conference call too or whatever. So we're trying to find pockets in the house that have some privacy or at least some quiet and creating little moments. So like secretary desks are back, like big time like you can you know we're looking for antique ones and then you can find great ones now from different brands like that just will fold it's a place to put a laptop and some paperwork and fold it up and it's hidden so it can go in the living room it can Mm -hmm. go in the family room it can go in the foyer i mean it can go anywhere so everybody's getting creative and a lot of these old school pieces like the secretary are coming back that's awesome do you think the secretary is like is that for the guy or gal who like maybe works from home like one or two days yeah. a week or is that okay or it's not, like it's not someone that's like eight. no it's okay. not like my husband now is working from home full-time and he would not be able to function with that kind of setup because he's got too many things printers and scanners and things like that so it's more of like i'd say household like running the household type type mm-hmm. of area kids it's great for for school like each mm-hmm. kid has a little maybe a secretary mm-hmm. like in the family room or in their room even or people who are who are telecommuting like one or two days a week and just need a place for again their laptop and like some paperwork yeah yeah but not yeah. like it's not a it's not a something that could function as an everyday office i don't think. do you have a home office no I have my own office. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> it's down the street and I get to leave the house. So, no. You don't have a, I thought that you had a, a Ballard home office. Yeah, that's Andrew's. Oh, oh. okay. All right. So yeah. what? <laughs> I like Caroline's whisper. And she's I'm like, like, isn't it full of pieces? Did you get rid of <laughs> Isn't there a Ballard box in the driveway right now? Yes, there is. <laughs> uh, Yes. No. I'm asking a leading question. That's what you I'm are. Doing. No. So it is, well, it actually is a lifesaver that we have this space and have it fitted out the way we do because this was an unexpected change. So we both were working mm. from offices. And so the home office was going to be like a fam, like where we just kept like family household stuff and some work stuff. But Andrew now took a job that is 100% working from home forever. So wow. it's so not like a real pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So all the filing cabinets we got are mm-hmm. very much coming in handy. And the print concealed printer storage, because you come up the stairs and you see it. Yeah. And now it's pretty and covered. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we it is getting used every single day. And <laughs> soon we'll be coming to screens near you. Once well, I was curious off. about it because it's a kind of a new collection that we yes. introduced last year. Yes. So I was curious how it's working. Like, how, how does how is it looking? How do it you so feel about it? it how does so he feel pretty. about it? Does he feel very manly? It's not a yeah. very no, masculine well, design. It's, you know, the walls are chocolate brown. So at least they're not like okay. pink. But it isn't. I, I'd say it's very transitional. 
I mean, it's not like, no, it's not like a mahogany barrister's desk, but like <laughs> that wouldn't be happening anyway. So he already knew that he's been with her for far yeah. too long. He knew this guy. Are you kidding? <laughs> he's like, as long as it's not Lucite or like <laughs> we haven't gotten the chaise up there yet, because that was part of my when I thought this room was going to be my like can close the door and like that's where I would away. work from mm-hmm. home, and hide away. It's going up there, but we have to carry it up there. So right now we have no furniture in our formal living room. So the chaise is in there and it's, it's very high. nice in front of the fireplace. And we'll bring it up soon. Respectively. I mean, I'm not nice. the, I'm not the the police. I just, he's going to love curious. it. He's like this. Uh, why is there going to be like a chaise in the, in the office? And I'm like, dude, I know I'm going to come up the stairs and you are going to be lounging on that thing on your calls. <laughs> Eat exactly. up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nice little pillow supporting your back. You're going to love it. So, cup of coffee <laughs> on the little drink drop. Yeah, he's uh-huh. gonna love it. So, yeah, I, I love the know. level of personality that is coming out in home offices. I, mean, I know it, it's, it's so, so much fun. Yeah, I mean it. It beats being in the cube. Oh, I know, and that's where he was before. So this is a major upgrade. Our offices are down the street, thankfully. So I get to go to work. Well, no, I was curious about like what people like how should you go about planning your home office space because i do feel like we have and lots of other brands have very modular systems where you can sort of create it but that's still kind of like a lot to wrap your head around you know right so what kind of steps do you normally take to plan your clients so you know with a client you've got to ask them realistically like what exactly are you storing in here what do you use every day what do you need everyday access to and like how does it again it comes down to function are you do you have two screens do you have one screen are you a laptop person like you need to figure out how much depth you need in this desk like if it's somebody with like two big monitors a 20 inch deep tabletop desk is not going to cut it. So you might have to go up to a dining table. Like, you know, for us as designers, we need huge tops because we got to spread out fabric. So we end up going with always like massive overscale desks or dining tables, but we don't need as much file storage because we've got separate systems. So like, I think if you're looking at a modular piece, what's nice is that you can be like, oh, I need a lot of small drawers because I have a lot of like small different I don't know, pens, pencils, highlighters, whatever, (laughs) or like cords. And I need, I only need like one filing cabinet. So you got to be honest about looking at your belongings and how you work and really laying it out like you would a kitchen. Like if you were like, okay, I have this many pots and pans, so I need this kind of cabinet here. And like, do you need a place to pin stuff up? Do you need a place for printer, printer paper? What kind of lighting do you need? I, it's, it's all very, much like a thought process that you should like map out prior to order not don't just order willy-nilly like really Mm -hmm. think it through and measure your space number one Mm -hmm. make sure it'll fit through the door etc do you want a comfy chair to sit in when you're not at your desk like do you you know some people are funny they're like no i don't need that whereas when there's plenty of room you know to do one so we end up doing something else so everybody's individual about how they like to work and comfort level. And Mm -hmm. I think just, just being honest and, and really assessing deeply what it is that you want the space to do for you. Yeah. Although I guess it's kind of how you should approach every room now. It really is. I mean, there's the first, always the the first office office is, it's like a kitchen. Like it's got a, the function is as important as the beauty of it. So Whereas like a bedroom or a powder room or a formal living room, it can be more decor driven and aesthetically driven than necessarily like real function. Like you're doing a a job in this space. So I think the office gets to be a mix, but it's also a space that I think people are more brave to take risks in. Certainly I am because it's not a primary room. It's going to be, I mean, it will be for you if you work there every day, but like, it's a little bit, it's a space that you're more apt to be like, I'm going to take a little risk here and do like a crazy wall color or wallpaper or whatever, an accent than you would in a bigger space that other people would see more often. Has the Zoom call changed the way you design the room? Like I would imagine most people are like, okay, like what's behind me in the Zoom Actually, frame? yeah, that hasn't come up, but it is a really good point. Oh, really? I, yeah. I'm always very self-conscious about it, especially now, but you know. Clearly I'm not. 
I'm in bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, a pretty Zoom background. Yeah, it has nice flattering light. So. Yeah. Well, I did a podcast with Schumacher the other day, and I was like, where am I going to do this? And I was like, oh, this is Schumacher. And I just like <laughs> sat in the corner, not in the bed. And so it was just the paper behind me. And I'm like, look at me in my fancy background. <laughs> um, and it worked. It was a talking point. It was a whole, it worked. But I think, no, most like... Most guys who are working from home honestly don't care what the background is. But I guess, yeah, I mean, that's something to think about for sure. That there actually, that there's not like a window right behind you would be important when you're thinking about layout so that the light isn't coming from behind you and making you blurry and look weird. So, yeah, if you were more apt to like be facing natural light, you're going to look more dewy and gorgeous. (laughs) I feel like we should do a decorating dilemma. What do y'all think? Yes. Yeah. Is it time? Okay. Absolutely. This one is a great one. Stephanie was thorough. She has a layout and colors of stone. I mean, yeah. All right. I'll read it. She writes, hi all, I discovered your podcast a year ago and it has been a treat to listen to on my walks, drives, and while cooking. So glad that there are so many episodes for me to catch up on um, so I never run out of ones to listen to. My decorating dilemma is our family room. We just moved into our first house in March and I have been going back and forth on what to do here. There is no built-in focal point in the room since there is no fireplace on the wall and I don't love media consoles but feel like I have to do one. I'd like to get additional seating into the room since we like to entertain but feel it's too tight of a squeeze to put them on the left side of the room where the opening is and still have a three-foot walkway. I thought of maybe doing a chair in the right corner with an olive tree or take out the bookcase and bench on the other side and put a chair there instead. I can't make up my mind. So my questions I'm hoping you can help me with are, one, our TV is 65 inches, which we plan on mounting on the wall. We don't want to be limited from getting a large one in the future. What size media console should we do? Two, how can we take advantage of the ceiling height on the left side of the room? Three, what orientation would you suggest for adding more seating? And lastly, but number four, what shape coffee table would you suggest and size? Round, circular, square. Is it okay for the coffee table to be off center from the console? And then anything else that you would suggest to make sure I honor the style of the house. And she has attached photos of the room and the stone on the outside of my house is the inspiration for the color palette and she has Pantones attached. The furniture, or paint colors, the furniture we have in there is just what we had from our apartment and we'll be moving to other parts of the house except for the sectional rug and reclaimed wood console behind the sectional. Okay. Very thorough. Yes. And then her house is, yeah, she has stone on the outside of her house. And so all the colors she pulled are all Pantones that are grays and browns. Grays and neutrals. Really Mm -hmm. pretty. I love that she's given us a a floor plan because that's that's always good. And then to take a look at her room, she's kind of got an open concept. The kitchen goes into the living area and the wall that she's talking about um, is higher up on the left side than it is on the right. It kind of slopes yeah. down. Yeah. So that's so, kind of the questionable area. Yeah. So she does have an air intake vent on that high wall on the left. So you can't really do anything higher than actually than where the lower part of the wall is on the opposite side because you don't want to cover that because then it will affect airflow from the HVAC system. I think with space like this, the most important thing to do is create some symmetry. And so for me, what I would do, I think the way she has it laid out is actually correct. I would do, I'd probably do a sectional that had another arm instead of a chaise. So you can get a lot, you can get more seating going towards the TV that way. But I would do a media console in the middle and then a matching pair of even taller bookcases on either side to really emphasize the height, but also create symmetry in the room because the ceiling isn't symmetrical. I think it'd be a nice place for the eye to land and create that focal point she's talking about. Um, And then on the taller wall to the left, I think you could do either like a really nice tall, like a 
symmetrically hung gallery wall, like, you know, two over two over two, or like one giant piece of vertical oriented art. And then I'm trying to see the, but the coffee table, you really could do anything if you wanted to soften the lines, which might be nice. I do maybe an oval. And then you could always add, I mean, there is a lot of space even with double bookcases to add like an accent chair, but that chair isn't going to be super functional because it's going to be to the side of the TV. So again, like something small scale and maybe just somewhere to perch when you're entertaining as opposed to like comfort seating. So that's why I'd make the section a little bit bigger. And again, I think the most important thing, I mean, I, I do a built-in tech, ideally if I could. I think two large scale, taller bookshelves. And if she wants to to not limit her TV size, I think a console that's like 76 to 80 something would be fine. You can still fit decent sized bookshelves on either side. And those could have closed storage below and open shelves above. Um, it could be part of like a whole matching suite um, to create, you know, that built in look. And adding some more lighting, I think, like whether it's wall sconces or um, maybe finding a way to hang a light fixture, although the ceiling being the slope it is might be tricky, but she needs some lamps in there. There's no Mm -hmm. lamps. So either, you know, one on, you know, on a side table or on the console behind a sofa, a floor lamp in the corner, you've got to have lighting on different levels to create like a nice atmosphere. Here's my question for her. Okay, Stephanie, I feel like I get what you're saying with media, not always in the past the most attractive thing ever, but there's some good looking stuff out there. Like, yeah. don't think of it as just want, want, it has to hold my TV on it. Yeah, think of yeah. it just like an opportunity to buy a great looking console Something table. Something to put your TV on. It could be a sideboard, it point. could be a buffet, yeah. it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be a media piece. You can drill holes mm-hmm. in the back of just about anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and get your cords through. So. Um, yeah yeah and like i would hang the tv on the wall instead of having it on top of a of a piece as well i mean i'd have the piece there for all the equipment but but if it's it's wide enough then you can put a table lamp on it and create some exactly light and depth in there Mm -hmm. yeah exactly nice okay so she sent us her her stone which i think is so pretty but i feel like she needs to like find some colors maybe greens yeah. and blues would be easy but like mm-hmm. she needs you need, you need a little color like punch it up a little the, I don't know. I mean, yeah the, they're all the tulips very she's got similar. on the table are gorgeous and really pop out yeah like, maybe it's know, yellow just something just, yeah yeah, yeah like, i mean it's great to have a base of all neutrals and if but she needs to add in some like more ivories and whites because these are all very similar in tone you've got to mix the tone up more and have mm-hmm. like a really dark a medium a oh. like light medium and then a really light and then your focus needs to be on texture if you want to keep it super neutral so like really thinking about mixing velvets with like boucles and wools and wovens and you know i mean yeah i always end up adding in a little color or at least black um to balance things out there's got to be more contrast in palette as well as as texture that makes sense. Yeah. Some people yeah, like, are just very yeah. color adverse and that's fine. I respect that. It's, you know, <laughs> it's very soothing when you do it when done right. It can be very bland when done wrong. So mm. you've got to really like create mm-hmm. those highs and lows in tone and texture. And like art's going to be important in here. Um, window treatments. Need some drapes on those sliding doors. Um, whether mm-hmm. they function or not, it's just going to soften the space and bring your eye up. So I think that's those are some things that would help. Yes, yeah. That's great. What about okay? I'm not. She didn't ask about this, but what about that strange little niche above the doorway? I like, know. What do we think about that? What does she do here? I just just ignore about it. That. I was going with ignore. So there's a, just for for listeners, there's a um, sort of an arch doorway that goes what appears to be a hall, but then above the arch is a very odd little neat, I mean, literally just a cutout of the drywall that is, I mean, ideally, not even a square. I'd I'd fill it in. 
Yeah, like it would be hard. With dry, not with things, but with drywall. With yeah, drywall. some like fake basket of ivy would be ideal to drape down and yeah. across. And, yeah, no. no, I mean if you if you if there was the depth, you could do like a couple like ginger jars or like something like that. But I I am not a niche niche person, so I <laughs> always fill them in when I find them in houses, unless they're like historically accurate front in like a really right. old house. Yeah. And it's like a beautifully like millwork framed out, like arched, you know, something. But in this case, that was just added kind of by the builder as like, hey, this is going to look cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it, it does it. Yeah. It I feel like cool. a handyman could do that easily. Yeah. That would put so much more interest on that arch too, which I think is exactly. really kind of an interesting detail. Yeah. It's very distracting. Yeah. yeah. She could even like hang like a something up there. I don't know. Like once it's filled, like yeah. cover it, and then you could put like a I don't know, starburst mirror or like something. Sometimes yeah. I like things hung up high. I don't know, maybe I'm just weird. No, I think there's an opportunity there. I mean, the ceiling's really high. I think there you could do something just subtle and simple. But yeah, filling it in would be would be my choice. Step number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't ask. Did y'all cover the coffee table? She asked about that. Yeah, I said I think, like, there's a lot of angles in this room. There's a lot of hard edges. If you look at the kitchen, like, there's a lot of, like, angled walls and things. So I would do, like, an oval. Or if there's room to do around, you could do around. But I think it might be a nice... It might be nice to mix it up and not have everything in that in this room be a square or a rectangle. Yeah. She's got a good base, though. I feel like her yeah. rug... Oh, yeah. She, she just needs the little... Yeah, my yeah. base was not that sure, good. Yeah, the what? I said my personal base when I started oh. out was not not so good. I thought you were saying her base is not that good. Oh, no, no. I'm just being mean. No, she's got a great space. Garbage. Yeah, she does, Ugh. for sure. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I think we answered Good luck, everything. Stephanie. Yeah. Yes. Send us after photos. Yeah, I know. Thanks that's for listening. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Erin, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? All that good stuff. Our website is AaronGatesDesign.com. The blog is ElementsOfStyleBlog.com. And on Instagram, I am ElementStyle. All right. And you can see everything. Check out your books. Yes, the Mm -hmm. books. You can buy them anywhere, pretty much. Do you think you'll Mm -hmm. ever do another book? Mm. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I will say, and also you're a wonderful follow. I feel like you're always fun to see what's going on. I always love your fashion, too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Your fashion I think I watched your makeup tutorial like twice. I was like writing down (laughs) brand. I was like, I gotta buy all this stuff. I know. I got like. I was laughing so hard. Like, I felt like such an idiot. I mean, I really hate doing stuff on camera, but, you know, it just, it actually does, like, work as far as getting more followers. And, and oh, I'm sure. Hey, again, I don't follow you for your makeup tips. And I sat and, like, went back through and I was like, I got to purchase this makeup. <laughs> so, so it worked, yeah. And I've purchased, like, outfits based on, again, I not my main reason for following you, but, again, I'm like, well, well that's cute, so I'll buy that. That is, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I like it all. Like I said, like, I'm like, you know, I'd love to be a fashion stylist if I had time, too, but I am fresh out of time. Yeah. Don't <laughs> well, let me tell you. Winner. Yeah. 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 Maybe well, in my next Thank you for life. your time. We appreciate <laughs> of it. Of course. Of course. My pleasure. Anytime. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!